Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Tell Janice radio show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Robin Simons. Her company's name is Crescendo Publishing. She's out of San Diego, California. She is one dynamic female. She is the go-to expert on lead generating for book creation strategies for entrepreneurial success. Today going to be talking to us about book publishing for entrepreneurs. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Robin. Hi, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. It's exciting for me, too. I've been reading up on you, and we have a lot to talk about, but i liked like uh, our guests to get started with telling a little bit about themselves and how they got started. Sure. Thanks. Um, so I got started in the publishing area about four and a half years ago, and uh, it was almost by accident. It's funny. Most entrepreneurs, it's either one of two things. It's either something that they've been deeply passionate about all their lives or they're accidental entrepreneurs. And I was sort of that accidental entrepreneur. Um, I was working in corporate and I had a really great career in the supply chain industry, uh, very male dominated. And, um, you know, it's sort of like I had this inner thing all my life where I really felt like I was meant to be an entrepreneur, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. No matter what I did in my career, I was never satisfied. And I started to actually doubt that and, you know, doubt myself and say, what's wrong with you? You can never be happy. You know, no matter what level of success you achieve, you're just never happy. And um, I started to look into, you know, looking for um, a coach or some kind of a community or something where I could really feel like I belonged um, because most of my dealings day in and day out were with men. And I found a women's networking group, and I started to hang out in those virtual arenas and joined a couple of groups and started to just kind of um, pay attention to what was going on around me and learn more about online marketing. And um, really what I started to do was apply my business acumen towards what in, in corporate to what people were doing entrepreneurially, and then I combined it with online marketing. And um, at the time, I had a, a number of friends who were in the spirituality businesses. They were holistic practitioners. And, you know, they're my best friends. And, you know, the one thing that really um, was the common thread between all of them was they didn't understand um, marketing per se, but they also felt the need to want to manifest their success 
And that can be a challenge for someone who's very um, process driven like me. So I took everything that I knew about online marketing and business process as it applied to spirituality businesses. And I created a book and then I published it because I had all this material. And I thought, what the heck, why not? And um, then somebody came to me and said, oh, can you do that for me? Can you publish a book for me? And I went, oh, okay, (laughs) well, Let's see. So I started to do it for other people, and that's how my business was born. So they reached out to you, yeah. Instead of you, yeah. instead of you reaching out for for business, that's interesting. Yeah. So you know, as we go, as we went along, um, you know, with every new book that I was doing, I learned a new strategy. And I think the key for me was I was really clear very early on of the type of people I wanted to work with and what I wanted the books we produced to um, to provide. So the books that mm-hmm. we produce today and that we have for the last four and a half years, they've always been the same. They've always been built specifically for lead generation. And we only work specifically with entrepreneur, entrepreneur authors, people who want to use their book as a marketing tool to build their businesses. So we don't, you know, there's, there's a joke among my, um, the people that, we, that are on my team and you know, we'll go to conferences and whatever. And people on my team will say, they'll be asked by other people, you know, so what is it she does? Who does she work with? Can she look at my children's book? And my team will say, oh, no, Robin, we don't. Robin doesn't do um, three things. We don't do um, children's books, memoirs, or vampire romance novels. So we're very <laughs> clear on on the people that we work with and the people that we serve. So, so you're you're dealing primarily with lead generation, and so why do you think entrepreneurs today need a book? Well, Janice, I think it, what it's come down to is in the small medium business. Um, categories, coaches, consultants, um, people like that, the market has, over the years, it's grown. That's the good news, right? There's a lot of business for a lot of people. The bad news is those categories have grown. So those categories of, of entrepreneurs have become oversaturated. And no longer can we just do business online, you know, and hope to stay behind our computers. Mm-hmm. A book is what really sets you apart as an expert, And, you know, I I look at it this way, um, and I use this example with with many people. If you are a fitness coach, for example, let's take that, um, and you put up a website, that's great. Um, You're going to be one of about 53 million people who are fitness coaches with a website. Versus if you were to write a book and use that as a lead generator and publish it on Amazon, you're pool of um, competition just became so much more smaller. Now you're probably one of about 5,000 instead of 53 million. Mm -hmm. So Amazon is another type of search engine. But here's the difference. People who um, are looking for general information on a topic will go to Google, right? It's inevitable. That's where we all go. They'll go to some search engine like that. But you're going to get 53 million hits, and you're going to get a bunch of stuff that might be good or might be a bunch of garbage, but you have to sift through all of that. They may or may not be experts who are writing this stuff. A lot of, there'll be a lot of advertisements. 
However, someone who is mm-hmm. serious about wanting help, the first thing that you go to is Amazon for a book, right? You're willing to p- pull out a credit card right. to buy something to make yourself better, to find a solution. That person, that reader is now a pre-qualified lead. So that's mm-hmm. why we re- really need to have a book these days. If you're a serious entrepreneur, if you really are committed to making your business great and growing it and increasing your platform, increasing your visibility and reaching people not just in your own backyard, in your own small community, but people globally. That's how you'll do it is with a book. And the other thing, too, is people who want to do speaking. Speaking is the number one way to grow your business today because people want to make connections with people. They want to see you. They right. want to talk to you. They want to know that you're a real person and not just somebody who's hiding out behind a computer, pushing a button day in and day out. So that's the other thing. Having a book these days, it's almost impossible to get booked as a speaker at many venues without having a book as well. With, so those are the key right, points. Without really. having a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with Amazon, that's just opened up a whole new world for for authors, um, for speakers and such. I had the pleasure of touring um, one of the Inland Empires, well, actually the Amazon facility. It is amazing. And this was probably three years ago. I had no idea that they actually made the books, created the books there. And that opened up a whole new world for me. Um, But And it's endless. So we'll never run out of that opportunity and we'll never run out of books. You know, it's not like totally. you're, you're going to go to uh, the bookstore and they're they're not going to have a book for you. So absolutely, that's terrific. And the really cool thing is, like you mentioned, you know, they print the books there. This is the thing that's changed the industry and changed techno- technology has changed the world with this because now we can print on demand. Right. So no right. longer does Amazon or any other um, warehouse need to have boxes and boxes and boxes of books. And that's what's mm-hmm. made what we do specifically really interesting because if you want to, if, let's say if you go to a traditional, if you're lucky enough to get picked up by a traditional publisher, that's really hard in and of itself unless you've already got a name created for yourself. Most entrepreneurs don't. So they have to go the self-publishing route or someone like me who does book production for them. Now, if you were to make a mistake in the book or if you want to change something, a year from now, two mm-hmm. years from now, if you were with a traditional publisher, you're kind of out of luck, right? Because you don't really, you, no longer would you own the intellectual property rights. So you can't even do anything with your material because the publisher owns it. If you go this other route where you're self-publishing or having it produced by someone like me, you can make changes on the fly and changes can be made within 24 hours. We actually had one author um, we published uh, last year, I think the beginning of the year, and this is this is kind of a humorous story, but uh, it's it is true. We went through rounds and rounds of editing and proofing, and we launched the book. She was a bestseller, number one in her category by noon the first day. She texted her son, who she dedicated the book to, and he he called her and said. Thanks. I, I got the book. It's great. And unless I missed something, um, I was actually born two days before you said I was in the book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. 
as you can imagine, had she, you know, she was a little mortified by it. But, you know, it, the funny thing was, is we corrected it within 24 hours and we had the new book up on the site and ready and printing and all that stuff, you know, right away within 24 hours. He right. did not want the new book. <laughs> he wanted the original <laughs> book. So he kept, somewhere along the road, I think that that's going to come back to haunt her sometimes. So. Now he's going to use it to haunt her in the future when it's, you know, an opportunity for him. How funny. Absolutely. But but that is the beauty that you can change it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, things change. You know, the way that we um, help our authors strategize uh, this as a lead generation tool is to build links and downloadable audios, downloadable videos, downloadable PDFs, those kinds of things within the book so that you're bringing the author or you're getting, you're bringing the reader from your book to opt into your website where you can now market to them and sell to them your products and services. If you decide that you want to change those links or switch up the off, the offers at any point, it's an easy switch, right? And we can we are able to make those within 24 hours. You know, so it's a really great tool to use that way. Right, right. And and how many um, people have you assisted in your business since you started from an entrepreneurial standpoint? How many people, how many books have you helped to publish? So I think in the last, uh, since we've been doing this, I think we have probably over 60 books so far. Wow. Um, we don't. We only work with people one-on-one, so we're really cautious about the number of people that we take on. Um, However, having said that, we have coming up in the next month, uh, actually by May, we're launching another, say, 25 books. So we have a huge – yeah, last year was a big year for us. Um, Towards the end of the year, we had a big intake. We expanded our team enormously managers so that we're able to still provide that one-on-one level of service and still we're able to publish people within, you know, usually around 90 days. We generally don't go over 60 days and that's why people come to us because of the level of service that we Mm -hmm. provide. Um, It's the handholding and the the regular check-ins and the process that we take our authors through that really get them done quickly in, at the end of the day, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't want to take a year or two years to get your book out because, I mean, you want leads now, right? right? So we try and do this really quickly so that you can use this as an asset for your business as fast as possible. So, that, again, you can use it when you're speaking, that you can use it in your mm-hmm. promotions and that those kinds of things as soon as possible. And Robin, what is your criteria for, for um, selecting the would-be authors? What? How do you? How do you question. do that? That's a really good question. Um, so we're really specific about who we work with. Um, we work with mm-hmm. entrepreneurs only, so people who have established businesses. If you're still trying to figure it out, um, if you're writing a memoir, things like that, I have people that we happily refer prospective clients over to that can help them. But for our purposes, we really do want to work with entrepreneurs who have an established business, who have a what's next. You know, once somebody, once a reader opts 
in or subscribes to get that downloadable gift or something that they offer in the book, what happens next for that reader? What road are you going to take them down? Because here's the thing, Janice, you know, we go through all of this, this effort and, you know, um, all the work to produce a fantastic book and the author writes this fantastic book and then we promote it and we create all this wonderful momentum. It breaks my heart for an author not to have anything to take advantage of that, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's it's all this great momentum. We're getting all these opt-ins and downloads of the book. And then if the author doesn't have, the entrepreneur doesn't have a what's next for the reader, then you've lost it all. It's, it's really kind of sad. So that's another criteria that we have. Those are basically the two, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to be an established entrepreneur. We, we like to call our people authorpreneurs. Um, And then I love that. I read that. Yeah. It's, it's important to us because these are entrepreneur authors and it's, it's a different type of person altogether, right? These people get it. They understand that, um, you are not going to make thousands or millions of dollars in book sales. The money that you're going to make is really going to come from the products and services after the fact, right? Once you've sold the book and you're trying to sell them into your products and services, it's the what's next. That's where you're going to make thousands thousands of dollars. So with the the, um, books that you've helped publish, um, let me ask you this. Is it, I mean, you have a team that's working with you, but do you sometimes make that personal decision like you like it or you don't and and based on your decision or do you leave that to others? No. So that's that's another really great question. So when someone comes to us and says, you know, I think I want to write a book. So I have that conversation with them. It's me that they're talking with. Um, and I, I look at their website, I check them out online, look what their digital presence is, what is their platform so far, what's the opportunity for that author as well? Because if there's no opportunity for them, then I'm going to be very honest with them and say, you know, I'm not really sure that this is a good fit here. Let me recommend you to someone who can help you. Um, so we have that conversation once we deem that it's a fit for both of us and we move forward, then the next step is we have a what's called a, a VIP strategy day. And that's, again, that's me. It's the one part of my business that I it, it gives me the most joy. So I retain that mm-hmm. one piece for myself, sort of selfishly. <laughs> and, you know, I spend, <laughs> a half a day with, I spend half a day with the author, and we map out every chapter of the book. And so we, we, we map out every single chapter And then we take each individual chapter and we go deep within each chapter. And I'm asking them questions and I'm taking notes. And then at the end of the day, we step back from all of that and we say, okay, so now what are the opportunities for lead generation that we can build in? We don't want to have them in every single chapter. So let's, let's choose the right ones for the right places. And then at the end of the day, we have, the entire book is mapped out. They have a container for each and every chapter. They have a go-forward plan. And that's when I hand them over to my project managers. And the project mm-hmm. manager then takes the project from there. But I'm all the upfront, And then I'm, I'm also always available to my clients no matter what. And I do get involved from time to time just to check in on them and make sure everything is going good because customer service is really important to us as well. 
Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's great that you give them the one-on-one. And, and it's and it's your business, so you can make that decision. And uh, you started it. Yeah. Hey, who was your inspiration growing up? I mean, you you know, what made you get into the the corporate world and then do what you're doing? Who who inspired you? Well, so this is going to sound a little crazy, um, but nonetheless, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't know, Jess, if you remember the show um, Dynasty. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. Of course. So. So when I was little, and I was little, when I was a kid, and I'm watching this show, um, my girlfriends, they would always want to, I want to be Crystal Carrington when I grew up, you know, because she was pretty, (laughs) she was taken care of, she was pampered, and I was the only one who said, nope, I'm going to be Alexis, right? (laughs) I wanted to be (laughs) Alexis Carrington, not because of the, you know, the conniving, bitchy person that she was, I wanted to be the head of my own company, right? I was ambitious and I was, yeah. So that was, that was my driving inspiration. And I honestly, I think that that's what really had such an impact on me never being satisfied in corporate, Mm -hmm. right? It was Mm -hmm. always, there was always that something missing and it was being in control of my own destiny. Right. And I just appreciated her drive and her ambition, not so much her tactics, but, you know, she was one of the only <laughs> female corporate role models that I knew when I was 10 years old. So it just wasn't happening right. for, for women at that time. So <laughs> that, she was my That's No, I, I think that is a great story because, you know, we all talk about, we all grew up with TV and, you know, our, our children today yeah. are growing up with even more of it. And uh, I remember Dynasty yeah. clearly. I can't remember what Alexis looked like, but, um, you know, Don't I grew up, I always wanted to carry a briefcase, you know, and I, and I, yes. I remember in Dynasty, they were pretty dynamic females, right? They were. They were. I mean, alternatively, who did we have? We we had, you know, um, the Brady Bunch. Well, I wasn't really looking <laughs> to be a stay-at-home mom to six kids, right? So, you know, it <laughs> didn't really turn me on. So, And that's fine for some people. But I, you know, I just really resonated with her, you know. So, I, I, I don't know. I always kind of resonated with, with the women who were breaking barriers. There was also, I don't know, what was it? There was uh, Heather Locklear. When she was with T.J. Hooker, she was a, a female, um, a female cop. You know, there was Cagney and Lacey, That's female right. cops, right? So there were all these shows where <laughs> these females were doing out of the norm things, and to me, that was just the coolest thing. And I just never resonated with being a stay-at-home mom. Although I have two great kids, I just wanted them to, and I have boys, like I have both boys. I wanted them to grow wow. up really recognizing that women um, don't just have to be the wife and mother, right? And they need to respect that. And so far, so good. Right. So far, so good. Well, so. That's great. You know, and, and whether our role models be from from powerful women in TV back then, it's kind of interesting because that period of time, if you think about it, there were those shows coming around that did show women, you know, kind of rising up and, and, and um, coming unto their own. And prior to that, it was the Brady Bunch, you know, early right, on. Right. So maybe those, those role models were good for us. 
spicy. Yeah, so, right. you know, and, you know, it's kind of sad to think that those were considered cutting edge, you know, at the time, but I guess we got to start somewhere. Right. So, and now look, we've, right, got, we've right. got women running for, for president. So we have come a long way. <laughs> we definitely have come a long way. You said you have two boys so how yeah. have you, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, how have you, um, I have boys and girls, and, you know, you have to deal with them a little differently. Um, how have you, how can I ask this, uh, kind of instilled in them, obviously they're watching you and you're a good role model from a female standpoint, but do you find that they're interested in what you're doing? One of them, yes, and one of them, no. <laughs> so um, I've got my two boys, you know, they're grown men. They're they're grown men now, and they're polar opposites of each other, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, one is is very much a jock, you know, and very – he's a – just you know, loves to putter around stuff. But the other one is very computer-oriented, although they're both sports geeks, so that's, it all worked out. But um, – I think really um, the older one, Michael, my older son, he gets it more because mm-hmm. he's more inclined with the uh, the online marketing world. And he right. and his father have a business. Like I come from a, a long line of entrepreneurs. My brother and my father have a business together, both with online mm-hmm. marketing, things like that. So, um, But my boys are a little different. Um, my younger one hasn't got a clue. Yeah, and he never did have a clue what I did. It's funny because they never really want to know what you do. <laughs> but my older one is very <laughs> interested. And so it's always fun to watch. It's fun to watch them, right? But the younger one will always ask me, what am I doing? And, and then the eyes kind of glaze over, right? <laughs> it's hilarious to watch. I, I know sometimes as moms you feel invisible. I know I do. I have a younger one and yeah. two older ones. And sometimes they, they really don't care, you know, sometimes, uh, but, but they do at the opportunity, you know, when they need something, they absolutely come running. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. If, <laughs> with everything you're doing with your children and you're, you're, you know, coming up um, into your own and being an entrepreneur, um, did you find that there was a struggle when they were little kind of balancing your work life with your home life? Yeah, there was. I mean, so I was uh, a single mom from the time my youngest was two, the older was seven. And I, um, at the time I was, I worked, there wasn't a point in time where I didn't have two or three jobs um, because I just never wanted them to do without. And I wanted them in sports. I wanted them, you know, having tutors and and everything like that. So I did what I had to do. They, um, they spent a lot of time with babysitters. And, but what's interesting is Mm -hmm. I always felt like I missed out, but they don't remember so much me ever not being there, which is, which is funny because, you know, I was always looking for some way to make extra money for something and then when I finally got a really good job, I actually, my first decent job that I got um, was at IBM. And I thought I had arrived, right? I thought that that was all I needed to do. And, um, you know, they were so proud of me, you know, as little kids, they were just so proud of me. And yeah. um, I, I just, I took a lot of my strength from that. And, you know, I, I never missed a hockey game or, 
a baseball game or even a practice. I was exhausted, but I was there for everything. And now they look, we talk about it now. And I, I'll often say, you know, I'm, I feel so guilty for not being around so much or for sending you guys to babysitters for a Friday night while I had to mm-hmm. go work at a bar until 3 a.m., right? And they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, like, are you kidding? Like, I don't even remember that. But, but they had good babysitters, too. And they had other right. kids to play with. And, you know, it's, I, and I don't know if your kids have participated in sports teams, but no longer do they have right. one parent or two parents. They actually have 18 you know, so it's really that's right. That's right. Like that. Yeah, everybody's looking out for it, them. So it, it was. I think it was it's, tougher on me. It's like a village. Than it was on them. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And well, I think things have changed over the years. Um, I found I also felt guilt with my children. They were always in daycare. I found wonderful provider, you know, daycare providers either yeah. in you know in a school setting or private. And they actually benefited from it. Um, and, and the same with yes. you. They don't remember. They didn't miss out. I, I went to all their sporting events and, and such. And I think that you're leaving a, a great legacy um, with your boys, with your children, just by them observing what you're doing in your life. Um, if they were home with you every day, that I mean, their lives would have been completely different. Completely. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, I, I lo- I've seen other people who've had two parents at home, you know, both parents are at home and the social skills are very different mm-hmm. for ki- for some kids. You know, some of them were, you know, they come and spend the night and by 11 p.m. they're crying to go home, you know. And sometimes right. that happens, but, you know, I think the best thing that we can do is integrate them socially with friends, like good people, people we trust, but it helps them. Right. Not, both of my kids are very, very outgoing, which is nice for me to see. But I'll tell you this, um, I didn't really realize um, the impact of the way I raised them until a couple of years ago. And what happened was I, I was, you know, lived in Toronto, my kids born and raised in Toronto. And what I found was I was flying back and forth to California a lot because that's where there's a lot of, um, you know, women's networking groups. It's more entrepreneurial friendly, especially for women. So I was flying back and forth quite a bit. And I decided when the younger one had got his first full-time job and he was moving out to, with his friends, they got a house together. I said, okay, it's, I think I'm going to, I'm going to move to California and both of them, of course I was going through this guilt, the separation anxiety. And both of them said to mm-hmm. me, you need to go, you need to do this for you. You've raised us. We are so proud of you and you need to go and do this uh-huh. for yourself. I know. And I was like, it, my heart, but it filled my heart. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I, I still, I'm still emotional just kind of remembering that moment and it right. just touched me so deeply that they just felt that way, you know, that they, they had mm-hmm. all of that trust in me and all of that um, hope for me to go and do something like this. And, you know, it was just amazing and it continues to be amazing. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a wonderful you know story. That and they just right. said, Hey mom, go do what you need to do. That's that's yeah, you wonderful. Us and, yeah, yeah. 
So well, it's awesome. I, um, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I could actually go on and on and on. Um, Me too. For our listeners, because you've done so much and you're helping so many people um, publish books and such, um, do you have any special offerings for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we have basically a five-step process for um, for publishing books for, for lead generation, and I've documented all of this. And I've created this publishing blueprint, and it outlines um, the writing process, the production process, structuring process, the publishing, the promotion, and then the monetization process for doing exactly what we do in creating lead generation books for entrepreneurs. And what I'd okay. like to offer your listeners is this publishing blueprint. It's available at crescendopublishing.com forward slash publishing blueprint FB, Frank Boy. And they can download okay, it that, there. That, okay, great. Thank you. And and you've said how they could get in touch with you. And I wanted to say also, too, it's R-O-B-B-I-N at crescendopublishing.com. Yeah. Um, okay, because I had to get that one straight in my mind as well. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, Robin. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Janice. This has been an amazing experience, and thank you. I, I love listening to your shows. You know, you have the most amazing guests. I always learn so much when I listen to your shows. So thank you for doing this and for having me on. Well, it's been my pleasure. When you're building your dynasty, you go, Alexis Harrington. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your day. Thank you so much, Robin. Thanks, Janice. Bye-bye. Ladies, I am so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up, spread the love, and share an attitude of gratitude. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer, and here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew Oncogene. Aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, You can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. You've been listening to the Tell Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, Or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.telljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.